is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Let's have a party. Baseball's back. Not episode 115 of the Talking Fires podcast. Not in a great mood today. Ben Fadden here. Last night, there was a whole lot of optimism. I'm coming here to you on March 1st, 2022. Right after the news has broken by Jeff Passan that Major League Baseball and the Players Association has will not come to an agreement by the 5 Eastern deadline today to get the season started on time. There's expected to be formal press conferences by each side later tonight. Truly an embarrassment more by Major League Baseball than the Players Association, but it's more of an embarrassment for both sides. We'll get into more why later in this episode, but... No, it's not a party. It is not a party. It is not a party. We have no baseball. We're probably going to have no baseball March 31st, opening day. Might have spring training, but that's not opening day. That's not meaningful baseball with Blake Snell or Hugh Darvish on the mound for opening day. That's not Bob Melvin managing his first game that actually matters for the Padres at that top step at Petco Park on opening day. And if you're not pissed off by it, you should be. I don't know what's wrong with you. You're probably on the owner's side then if you're not pissed off because this really, truly is disappointing on all levels. Last night, uh, February 28th, to end the month, it seemed like we were going to have all this optimism heading into today. I put out a video at 2.30 in the morning here in New York. This is where I'm at for college about a video about there's momentum. We're progressing. It looks like there's some better talks. Uh, the league seems like they're budging a little bit on the luxury tax. Uh, they're moving a little bit forward towards the players. They had 13 meetings uh, last night 
to, you know, try to get something together. And it seemed like, okay, if they're going to meet 13 times in one night, they're going to get a deal done today, right? With the deadline hours away at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Well, guess what? That did not happen. The players unanimously voted no on Major League Baseball's final offer, which we'll get into. So much to get into on this episode, by the way. Uh, But it is not a party. I'm pissed off. You should be pissed off. And anyone that isn't pissed off, I I just don't understand your viewpoint, to be quite honest. That's where we're at. Let's get right into it. Um, I did want to start off this episode sharing my screen for the YouTube audience. And this is what Rob Manfred said on February 10th. So a matter of less than three weeks ago, this was Rob Manfred at the MLB owners meetings in Orlando saying that he thinks it would be disastrous for Major League Baseball to miss out on a full season. Here is his comments. All right, enough of you, Rob. You think that it's disastrous, really? It wasn't disastrous. How about talk about lying to the entire country? Less than three weeks ago, you say it would be disastrous if we missed games. We have essentially saying we have full effort that we're going to really try. We're really going to try and get a deal done. Really? That did not happen. You didn't give a really full, full effort. Yeah, that's a great PR play, having Dan Halem walking back and forth between the players and the owners until 2.30 in the morning yesterday, talking about, you know, oh, we're trying, making it seem like we're trying. Well, you really weren't, based on the final offer, the take-it-or-leave-it offer, that you're not even letting the, the players make another counterproposal to you. With And I'm recording this. There's still 22 minutes before the 5 Eastern deadline. And so you say that's your final offer, so you really weren't trying. You weren't even having any flexibility in this. It's just so frustrating on all levels. So let's just get into it. The last two days, I didn't have an episode yesterday because I thought we were going to have a deal. Why record yesterday and get all pissed off if I'm if there's going to be a deal today, right? But here, now I'm pissed off because there is no deal. That's how it is. On the last day of the lockout talks before the deadline, that's what it seemed like it was yesterday. It obviously got delayed, and now the last day was March 1st, but it seemed like yesterday was the deadline. Evan Drellitz tweeted at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on February 28th, so yesterday, on the day that it was supposed to be a deadline, that the owners indicated a willingness to miss a month of games, and it took a more threatening tone than on Sunday. So for all the posturing and all the, you know, we're trying to progress, we're going to be together and all that, a massive swing turned in the direction that we weren't going to have baseball early in the day uh, on Monday. That den that day ended up, or the whole tone ended up swinging back uh, towards more positive because they had 13 meetings. The sixth meeting or the fifth meeting was at 7 11, 11 p.m. Eastern time with the players in the league. The league went back over to the players the sixth time at 8:35 p.m. Eastern time. The seventh time happened in bet- for like a little hour in between the sixth and eighth meeting. The eighth meeting was at 10.35 p.m. Eastern time. Ninth meeting, I'm, again, I'm up, I'm logging all of this because you feel like there's going to be progress, right? This is going to be great. I'm going to outline all the meetings that happened because 
you know, how many meetings does it take, right? But I don't care. It, we're going to get an agreement, but that's not what happened. Ninth meeting, 10.51 uh, p.m. Eastern time. Tenth time, 11.14 p.m. Eastern time. Eleventh meeting, 11.41 p.m. Eastern time. Twelfth meeting at 1.10 a.m. Eastern time. Thirteenth meeting at 2.12 a.m. Eastern time. And they finally go home and say that we're going to meet again tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time, March 1st, which is today. I'm recording it, obviously. We're going to meet again. Probably going to make progress. Hey, we met, we met 13 times. There's no way we're going to not make a deal. That's my thinking. That's probably every other fan's thinking. But no, 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 Major League Baseball, we're going to meet 13 times on February 28th, the day before now the delayed uh, deadline, and still not come to a deal. So how about all the time that you wasted right there? And oh, by the way, we'll get to way more time that was wasted by the league and obviously showing and backing up the players' viewpoints that they really don't want to pay the players because of all the missed time that they could have been negotiating a, a CBA or at least talking that they didn't after they implemented the lockout. Um, but this news, I mean, it's just baffling. And then you take into effect that Derek Jeter during the day yesterday, and this is where it was like, okay, we're probably not getting an agreement. Does he know something that we don't? CEO of the Miami Marlins had done pretty had done some pretty good things. He's known as a winner, wants to win. He steps down as CEO, says that him and Bruce Sherman, the control person for the Marlins, don't have the same vision. Well, what does that tell you? That Bruce Sherman doesn't want to spend money. Jeter was promised that he was going to have, you know, 15, 20 million dollars that he was going to be able to spend this offseason when the lockout ended. And now that money isn't there, according to reports that we've seen. So that vision Jeter wanted to continue building the roster and win, spend money, be on the side of the players, and Sherman didn't. He he wants to be a penny pincher, um, especially with the Marlins. There's no one going to games. I wonder why. Maybe because you don't have superstar players on the team and you're not you don't have a willingness to spend money. You know, Derek Jeter's the CEO. He's not playing shortstop. He's not going to attract fans to come to the stadium. So Jeter. This this Jeter stepping down, I think, is a turning point that people aren't going to be discussing enough. But I think it needs to be discussed more because this was really a turning point, I think, in these negotiations, regardless of the 13 meetings that they had yesterday or last night, whatever you want to call it. And the meeting or a couple meetings that they had today, regardless of those things, Jeter stepping down gave the players a lot of ammo. It gave the players ammo because they said, hey, look, we have a person who had part control of a Major League Baseball franchise stepped down during the most heated part of these negotiations because he knows that the owner that he's working under doesn't want to spend money. Jeter, a Hall of Fame shortstop, one of the best shortstops ever, not better than Tony Gwynn, by the way, but that's another discussion for another day. But Tony, or excuse me, Jeter, he wants to win. He's a winner. He won during his career. He's trying to win here. He's trying to spend money to us and give money to us and give contracts to us when this lockout ends. He's trying to win, but he didn't want to be with the Marlins because he has an owner that doesn't want to win, that doesn't want to spend money. He's the exact reason. Look at Bruce Sherman. Look at this Marlins owner. He's the exact, exact reason why Major League Baseball is failing right now and is alienating fans like myself because they don't want to spend money. They they know what the players want. They know the players. This whole process, they know that the players were willing to budge. They were willing 
to come together more. And we'll get into those numbers more, by the way. They were willing to compromise, but they, Major League Baseball, oh, no, 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 we got a penny pinch. We got a penny pinch. We are not going to give the players what they want. We don't want to be viewed as, oh, we relented. Oh, we uh, let the players get what they want. No, we want to win this. Guess what? You're not winning now. Both of you guys are losers now because guess what? We don't have baseball March 31st for opening day, as it seems, because your last and final offer was so far off and you knew that that offer was not going to appease the players in any fashion. It's just it's just mind boggling that they would even do that last final offer, which I'll get to all of the details. Ron Fowler yesterday. Again, we're back to yesterday, February 28th, 419 p.m. Eastern time. It comes out that Ron Fowler has left the meetings. Planned flight back to San Diego after being in Florida all week. I don't understand why he has a planned flight back when he knows that the deadline, at least the deadline that was put on February 28th, was still hours away. Ron, you have a private jet. No disrespect toward you, but why are you leaving the meetings hours before? Now, you could say I was listening to the wrap-up show on YouTube at like 2.30 in the morning last night with Jim and John. They were saying, you know, how... Is it a coincidence that all this progress seemed to be happening after Ron left? I don't think so, because Ron has been known to, to, you know, be a penny pincher. He is not Peter Seidler. And I don't understand. I I would be so fascinated to know what that relationship is like right now with Peter Seidler and Ron Fowler. Ron Fowler not wanting to spend money, clearly not wanting to be on the player's side, clearly, while Peter Seidler is handing out $300 million contracts left and right and willing to eat some of Hosmer's contract to get rid of him, giving Tatis a 14-year, $340 million extension, giving Machado $300 million, probably, and hopefully giving Musgrove a big extension, maybe playing in Nick Castellanos, Chris Bryant, say a Suzuki market post-lockout, whenever this dang lockout decides to end, giving Nelson Cruz maybe the highest one-year offer. He's willing to spend money. Rod's not. So I, I wonder how much actual, like, seamless you know conversation there is in that front office with the Padres but again that's another different topic for another day but I mean these proposals Major League Baseball uh, gave the players two choices yesterday they had choice a a 14 team postseason $700,000 minimum salary $40 million in pre-arbitration pool money which was significantly more that pre-arb money was significantly more than what the players ended up getting or being offered in that last and final offer. Uh, but that 14-team postseason was not going to happen. It was never going to happen. That's what frustrates me in these offers that Major League Baseball makes to the players just so it looks good. That, hey, we're trying, we're offering we're offering things. A 14-team postseason was never going to happen for the players. They were never going to agree to that. The owners knew that. The players obviously knew that. They knew what they wanted. 12 teams is what they wanted. They were willing to expand from 10 to 12. Why isn't that good enough for the owners? I don't get that. They understand that the 14-team postseason was not going to happen. They're not going to let half the league get into the postseason. It's not worth it. Getting half the league into the postseason is so dumb. This isn't the NBA. You need to earn it. You should be able to earn it. You play 162 games. You need to earn that playoff spot. It just doesn't make sense. They were players were never going to get that, except that 14 team postseason. So option A is right out the window. Option B 
you only give them 25, $20 million in pre-arbitration pool money when they first wanted $115 million. So again, it's just these offers that try to make it seem like, oh, Major League Baseball, they're trying. Their offer is nowhere in the ballpark of where the players wanted that pre-arbitration pool money. They knew that that offer was not going to be accepted, had no chance of being accepted, even with the 12-team postseason playoff. It just does not make sense what these owners were offering when they knew that they were not going to accept it. Talk about wasting time. And I want to get to wasting time. Major League Baseball, let's remember here too as well, on top of all these dumb deals that they were offering, they spent for the first 43 days of the lockout without talking to the Players Association. Again, let's remember the players did not lock out the owners. They didn't go on strike. This was not a strike. I saw on the Buster Only podcast the description this morning that the play reacting to the players strike or whatever. It's not a strike. It was a lockout. The owners locked out the players. It's as simple as that. They could have gone under the same CBA and hit spring training and continued the offseason and kind of negotiated it as we went, right, for maybe future years and just went with the, that same CBA structure, maybe adding the DH for 2022. But as this is going, as spring training is going, then you can negotiate throughout the spring training and throughout the year. But no, let's go 43 days after we're the ones that locked out the players. Let's go 43 days without communicating. That just makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. What that shows is that they don't want baseball on time. They never did. They never did, or else they wouldn't have wasted more than a month. They wouldn't have wasted a month and a half to talk to the players. Just so many things are so infuriating about what the, the owners approach to the players here. It just does not make sense. I mean, all these meetings yesterday on February 28th, 13 meetings, you thought you had progress. And then for today, to take a step back, like all these reports said earlier this afternoon, it's just idiotic. I mean, we have to remember here, it's not just the players that were involved here that the, the, and, and, the, and the fans too. It's not just the players and the fans that are involved here. It's the concession workers. It's the vendors, the food runners, the ticket takers, security, ticket sellers who rely on being paid part-time during the season. I worked as a ticket teller, a ticket taker, ticket seller, excuse me, for the San Diego Padres last summer. That gave me money to help me get a good start paying for college. People I had, it's people that are 70 that are working there. There's so many people that rely on this money and working at the ballpark to provide the service for the fans that are giving the owners this revenue and that are giving the owners all of this profit. And the owners aren't even thinking about that because they're billionaires. And what's frustrating is we can't even relate. Us fans, we cannot even relate to what the owners are dealing with here and what their thought process is because they're billionaires. They can, they sadly can't afford to miss a month of the season because at least on the East Coast, sale, ticket sales are down. It's cold. Sometimes games are rained out, postponed, and moved into the summer. They or what they care about most is the postseason games. Why do you think they wanted the 14-team playoff? So we can't relate. But what they're so tone deaf of is fans that spend their hard-earned money for season tickets that want to see opening day and take vacation time, like I know my family sometimes does, to take vacation time to go opening day. Because it's a holiday in our family. 
to all those concession workers that aren't going to be able to work on March 31st that like they plan to. Have some sense of reality. The owners didn't have that. And that's a big reason why we're standing here. Also think about the players as well. I get the comparisons, all those people that want to bring up Max Scherzer. Oh, he's making $43 million this year. He's fine. Don't even look at that. It's not him. It's the 70% of baseball of baseball players in the major leagues that are making the less than $1 million a year. The guys that, you know, make the major leagues, the Adam Rosales is someone, some guys like that, that have shorter careers that are on the bench, right? That don't, or the Reese Caneers that are up and down in the minor leagues, then they don't even get paid in spring training. It's guys like that where they maybe didn't graduate from college because of how talented they were, or they had an injury or something that happened to them. And now they have a short career, a short time span to capitalize on that money that they could earn at the major league level. And they're not going to be earned. They're not going to be able to earn as much money as they would have or should have because the owners say, no, you're good. You're good with the minimum salary that you're at. They're just so tone deaf to every single thing, every scenario that's happening right now. And so we can move on to today as well. Um, before I get kind of back into more serious mode, to be quite honest, we can, um, I'll share my screen as well. This was today, and this kind of shows you, maybe it's Papa John's, the pizza company, trying to, you know, be funny about this. I didn't really understand it, to be quite honest with you. But here's the preseason pizza pro listing that they listed. I know this is way off of me yelling right there, but they literally, this shows that they didn't have faith, obviously, that this season was going to happen on time and this lockout was going to be resolved. Earlier this morning, they have a listing on PapaJohns.com for Major League Baseball players who need a job. Preseason pizza pro is what it's labeled. Are you a pro ball player who's been feeling like you're stuck on the bench due to a prolonged offseason? Has your patience reached the bottom of the ninth? Do you miss being on your team, on any team? Yeah, I think they do. If it sounds like you, then it's time to hang up the helmet and head over to Papa John's, where we're inviting you to join the Pizza Big Leagues as our new preseason pizza pro, an exciting new role which will put your talents back to use. We're looking for people who'd eat pizza for breakfast, brunch, lunch, and dinner who think pepperoni makes everything taste better. I don't even know what this job listing even was. These requirements, is it making pizza? Is it just tasting pizza? Is it just some funny thing that's not even a job? But, and I know this is supposed to be funny. I mean, imagine Chris Paddock. I mean, he's one of my favorite players on the Padres. I was called Chris Paddock many times, his son at Padre games because of my long hair that I used to have during the season that I usually grow out during the season. Um, he is known for crushing Domino's pizzas, bacon, uh, bacon and pepperoni, large pizzas, full pizzas the night before starts and then just going to bed. Imagine him. I mean, this would be perfect, I guess, for him. I'm more He's more of a Domino's guy, but whatever. I just thought to share that with you guys because, look, this is where it's come to. I mean, even Papa John's, for dang sake, they even knew that this lockout was going to happen and continue to happen. This is day 90 of the lockout. So it's just embarrassing. It is embarrassing on all ends, especially on the owners. Let's just go to today. 1.30 p.m. Eastern time was the first meeting. So 10.30 a.m. local time in San Diego. At around 2 o'clock, John Heyman reported that players made a proposal after two, a two-and-a-half-hour meeting amongst themselves, probably on Zoom with other players. 
um, and their proposal was that included that the Players Association was willing to go under $100 million on, I believe, the pre-arb bonus pool money. So they started at $115 million, and they ended up getting to like $85 million. So we'll get to all those details and how they were willing to compromise way more than the owners were. So they were trying to get a deal. They want to play the game of baseball. The owners didn't want that, at least for it seems like the first month of the season. And it's infuriating for fans. I'd rather watch regular season games. Spring training is supposed to be on right now. And because of the owners not wanting to spend money for the players for their product that's helping them bring in revenue, we don't get that joy. And it's just flat out sucks. And it's embarrassing. At, let's see, 2.52 p.m. Eastern Time, Jesse Rogers of ESPN tweeted, Major League Baseball is offering a take-it-or-leave-it offer before the 5 p.m. Eastern Time deadline today. Bob Nightingale said Major League Baseball believes it's taken a step back since Monday's meeting. And the Players Association has taken a different tone since yesterday's meetings. So this, when I saw this tweet pop up, it was kind of like, oh, man, this is probably not great. Uh, this is probably... Not a great sign uh, if Major League Baseball is offering a take-it-or-leave-it deal, and especially how far they were still apart. Despite the 13 meetings that they had last night, they were still far apart on the pre-arb bonus pool money, on the luxury tax, still $10 million apart from the reports I read. So a take-it-or-leave-it deal, I didn't think they were going to increase the luxury tax by $10 million and then increase the pre-arb bonus pools by over $50 million, which is probably what was going to have to happen for a deal to be taken on a take it or leave it offer again, not even to my knowledge, not even letting the players have a, you know, report a proposal back a counter proposal back to them. Just take it or leave it. Here you go. We're going to go back on our yachts and our private jets. If you don't take this offer and sit on our billions of dollars while our fans are pissed off because the season's not going to start on time. So here's our take it or leave it offer. Um, so I knew that was already not great. And then Evan Drellich came out on Twitter saying that the Players Association offered, in their offer, this was before the take-it-or-leave-it offer, I believe, they offered Major League Baseball to drop Players Association's pre-arbitration bonus pool money request from, uh, it was, what, $100 million to $85 million in the first year with the $5 million increase annually, so gradually get to where they wanted it. But they still compromised in terms of that first year. They were compromising. The owners were not. Uh, the Players Association was seeking $238 million in luxury tax uh, money. Again, compromising. They wanted like $245, $250, I think, at the beginning of the lockout. So they were still compromising. Uh, and to be quite honest, you increase the luxury tax, that gives great big market teams, contenders, Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, more room to spend money and still be able to act like the salary or the luxury tax is a salary cap. They can still go spend on a Seiya Suzuki, someone, a Nelson Cruz, and be under that cap and not be penalized. And guess what? Get better teams, get better overall teams, and increase their chances of winning. So the players had a great argument of actually why, the, you know, increasing the luxury tax, not just getting paid more, but it could increase revenue for teams because their team's better. It could attract more fans to the ballpark. But no, 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 owners got to view it in a different manner. Um, let's see. The Players Association. So, like I mentioned, the 238 million luxury tax in 2022, uh, 244 million it would get bumped up to in 2023, 2024, 250, 
256 in 2025, 2026, 263 million. So I can see why the owners say, no way that deal's happening. Uh, at least by the 2026 at 263 million, I do agree with them there that are, that's probably too much. But they were at least being reasonable in the first few years of this deal. The owners were never reasonable in any of their offers. That's the problem here. That's the difference. That is the difference. Major League Baseball. Okay, so that obviously, Player Association offered 725,000 minimum salary. They wanted 715, I believe, at one point. So they increased that. So I don't really get what they're thinking was there. But again, it's a $10 million increase or $10,000 increase. Excuse me. It's not a huge $50 million increase, you know? So I, I get where the players were coming from. And I and they they made reasonable proposals. That last proposal that we're seeing here that they made before the Major League Baseball's before Major League Baseball's final offer, that proposal that they made was pretty okay. It was pretty reasonable. The owners now, best and final offer, which we'll get to by Evan Drellich here, was not reasonable. And they knew, that's that's why I'm so pissed off, to be quite honest, is the owners, when they make these proposals, essentially the whole time after they waited 43 freaking days to even talk to the players about getting out of this lockout that they implemented, by the way, after that happened, all of these propo- all of these proposals, they knew the players were not going to take. They knew that there was no chance that the players were going to take. But they still offered it to make it seem like, oh, we're trying. We're trying here. We're trying. The players are the bad guys. No, you guys are the billionaires, okay? You're the billionaires. You're the one that have the money. You're the one that ultimately could have put together better offers, and you just didn't. Here's the Major League Baseball's. Best and final offer, according to Evan Drellis. The pre-arbitration pool money, according that Major Baseball wanted, $30 million. So only a $5 million increase from before. The Players Association wanted $85 million. That's a $55 million gap between the Players Association wants and the league's wants. By the way, the league, from their $15 million original pre-arbitration pool money, you know, what they want, what they were requesting, they only moved $15 million towards the players in their from the, from that deal, that proposal to their final, their best and final offer at $230 million today before, <coughs> excuse me, before the deadline. And the Players Association moved from $115 million to $85 million. So they doubled. They moved from they moved thirty million dollars towards the owners. The owners moved fifteen million dollars towards the players. So there's the message right there. Who is really trying? Who is really trying? Who really wanted a deal? The players moved double the amount that the owners wanted to move towards each other in this pre-arbitration pool money. In this whole proposal, the two, the league wanted. The $220 million luxury tax in 2022, 2023, 2024. So the next three seasons, they wanted the luxury tax to be at $220 million. They knew when they submitted this proposal that the players were not going to get that. They were not going to accept that offer. They knew that the players minimum wanted $230 million. And that's not that big. That is not that big of a deal. An only $20 million increase in luxury tax from what they wanted I, that seems reasonable again the players wanted like 245 250 million dollars at the start of this and they were willing to go to 230 
So they were willing to compromise $20 million, $25 million. The owners were not. They were willing to compromise and move only $10 million towards the players. So again, I asked the question, who wanted to play baseball more and get a deal done in time more? The players did. Here's another thing. Minimum salary. They offered 700000 which is moving, I guess, right? That gets to the 700000 number. But again, Major League Baseball, the Players Association, wanted has made it clear they wanted at least 715000 as the player minimum. They knew that. And what's $15,000 to billionaire owners? To be quite honest, what is $15,000 of an increase? You know, it's not. It's nothing. It is nothing when you're a billionaire. I'm not a billionaire, so I guess I can't speak to that. But looking at the zeros on their paychecks and all that and the revenue that they get, just increasing it by $15,000 on a minimum for the players is nothing. And they weren't even willing to do that. So they knew that their offer minimum, their league minimum salary was $15,000 less than what the players wanted minimum. I saw a report that the Players Association wanted $25,000. But I'm just saying what the players wanted like a week ago, $715,000. So the league offered $15,000 less minimum salary to what the players wanted. Then they offered $10 million less in the luxury tax than what the players wanted. And they offered $55 million less in the player arbitration pool total money that the players wanted. So all three major phases there, that is a deal that they knew that the players had no chance of accepting. No, but we're going to propose it anyway and not even give the players a chance to give a counterproposal. We're going to say, no, it's the best and final offer. Here's the best and final offer. Or we're going to get back on our private jets on the couch in our plane and go say we don't have a deal and we're going to go fly back home. Because that's what's happening. It's just embarrassing. It is just flat out embarrassing that the owners did not try harder. It's it's sad. It's sad as a fan. My family has season tickets and they're not going to be able to go to opening day on March 31st, which they've already paid for. And thousands of other fans have already paid for. That's like a national holiday. I think it should be a national holiday on opening day. And that's not going to happen. Day 90 of the lockout, and the owners did not want to pay the players. It was as simple as that. They did not want to pay the players. Passing at 4.18 p.m. Eastern time, put out the news that the Players Association unanimously agreed to not accept Major League Baseball's final proposal. Ken Rosenthal then said that one player rep said that the final proposal to the league was a slap in the face, and it is. A slap in the face. The owners want players to lose money. And I agree with that sentiment. They do. They do. And again, it's a situation where I can't relate to these billionaire owners. And if you can, if you try to portray this as me trying to bash Peter Seidler, I'm not. I'm more bashing Ron Fowler and not even him. It's more of the core owners that were there all of those representatives that kept walking back and forth, getting all their Fitbit miles in, that were walking back and forth between the league side and the player side last night and making us wait just for nothing and putting all of these proposals together that they knew weren't going to pass, had no chance of passing. The players unanimously rejected it. There was no way that these proposals were going to pass. 
but they kept doing these dumb proposals. It was just a bunch of waste of time. Then the 43 days that they go without even communicating with the Players Association, and then Rob Manfred trying to say, it's a two, phones are two ways, players could have, essentially saying the players could have called us. They're not going to negotiate against themselves. They were the ones that wanted to play. They didn't get locked out, or they didn't lock themselves out. The league did. So they're not going to negotiate themselves. It was the league who locked out the players. It was the league that had to put together those proposals for the players to accept, not the players. So the league is way more at fault than the players. And it is embarrassing for the league, the owners, for Rob Manfred saying that it would be disastrous if we'd miss games. Is it really disastrous, Mr. Manfred? Sure doesn't seem like it because we do not have an agreement. Even past, even when they had to delay the agreement deadline by a day, we still didn't get an agreement. We actually took a step back. It's just, man, it's just embarrassing. It's just embarrassing. League and the owners are supposed to have a press conference, I guess, formal press conferences later this evening. We'll update you. Stay tuned at Talking Friars Twitter and Instagram. Oh, man. I am just really irritated with the league. I'm irritated just the way that they went about this. And I'll continue to keep saying this. Just the ill thinking process that, you know, the league took through this. The owners took through this. The 13 meetings. What in the heck were those 13 meetings for if they weren't going to get a deal done? Rob Manfred, according to Bob Nightingale, says both sides are to blame for failing to reach an agreement. Rob Manfred expresses disappointment to make this announcement. Quote, I am going to cancel some regular season games. Yep, yes, you are, Rob. And part of it is your fault. Part of it is your fault. I get you work for the owners. You're paid by the owners. But guess what? You're the commissioner at the end of the day. You should have had the balls enough to step in there and say, guess what? I want games. The fans want games. The players are trying to compromise more than we are. We're the billionaires. I get you're paying me. I'm supposed to be on your side. But guess what? We need to fight for this more. We can't afford to miss games. NFL's are NFL. More people are talking about the dang NFL combine where they're measuring hand measurements and jump measurements than they are about Major League Baseball not having a season. On Get Up on ESPN early this morning, I was watching their opening segment. They didn't mention baseball once. It was about the NFL in the NBA and John Moran scoring 50 points. He's a great talent and all, but we want we should have Fernando Tatis Jr. being talked about. And players reporting to spring training and excitement, but that's not happening. I'm just going through Twitter here. Rob Manfred is speaking, announcing cancellations of games. We worked hard to avoid an outcome that's bad for our fans, bad for our players, and bad for our clubs. Rob Manfred said, you didn't work hard enough. You don't care about the fans at the end of the day, or else you would have tried harder. You would have. You just would have. Stephen Woods, 97.3, the fan just tweeted 22 minutes ago. Manfred makes me miss Bud Selig. That's hard to do. 
I mean, I don't want to blame it all on Manfred. And I meanwhile, I'm bashing him. I know because it is the owners that he works under. But I mean, at the end of the day, he is the face of this. And he's the one. He didn't have to say it would be, quote, disastrous, end quote, that the season wouldn't start on time. If the season wouldn't start on time. He's the one that said that. And now it is disastrous. That's the reason why I just went on a big rant right there. Because it is disastrous for me, for Padre fans, for the vendors, for the ticket takers, the ushers, the ticket sellers, the food runners, the sweet people, the sweet people who are there, you know, attending the sweets. For the regular old fan who just goes to one game a year, the fan that takes off work that wants to be there for opening day, the first week of the regular season officially canceled. First two series of the regular season have been canceled. So that's where we're at right now. So it looks like we're going to be going a week-by-week basis. So the Padres' first two series of the year, let me look that up real quick. Again, I'm reacting to this news right as Rob Manford is speaking right now. The regular season schedule, I believe, it starts off with the San Francisco Giants. And then, let's see here, starts off with the Giants at home and the Rockies at home. Well, if it's the, okay, if it's the first week, then they're including the Diamondback series as well, I guess, through April 10th at Chase Field. So for the pod, I mean, if you read it correct, Giants, Rockies, and then, because it's Giant, or Giants for three, April 1st, that weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then April 5th, 6th, and 7th, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, against two against the Rockies at home, and then one, and and then four, four-game series to end that weekend against the Diamondbacks. So if it's a full week, if you're just going Friday to Friday, that's seven, full seven games. They go seven games without an off day to start the season, including opening day being canceled. Dang. Rob Manfred says we never used the phrase last best final offer with the union. We said it was our best offer prior to the deadline to cancel games. Well, Rob, you dummy. That's the same thing. What do you mean we never used the phrase last best final offer? And then the very next sentence you say it was we said it was our best offer prior to the deadline to cancel games. That's the same thing saying it's our best and final offer before spring tri- before canceling games and then saying it's our best offer to the dead to the deadline to cancel games that's what i think everyone's meaning that's what i meant when i went on that rant we're talking about you saying that it's the best and final offer before canceling games that's what we meant we know that we're going to have a season at some point shortened season and that's you you're going to have to improve the offer i'm mad about you and the owners not having a better offer, and at least letting the players give a counterproposal before this five Eastern time deadline. That's what I'm mad about. Manfred says our de- our negotiations are deadlocked right now, but that's different than using the legal term impasse, and I'm not going to do that right now. So first week of games canceled. Giants, Rockies, and then some of the Diamondback series, if that's accurate. And I'm just reading these quotes coming off of Twitter. And what all these reporters are saying, 
And that sucks. First two series of the season, Kevin Acey says. So the Giants and the Rockies, they will not play those games. Those games will not be made up. They won't be doubleheaders. They will be canceled. So speaking from personal experience, my family, other families I know that have season tickets, they better get refunded those tickets. They better not be paying full price for those tickets. They better not. Man, this is disappointing. Again, I'm just kind of waiting here trying to sift through all of these Rob Manfred comments. Rob Manfred, according to Evan Drellich, said he believes Major League Baseball made the most recent offer in every area. You draw your own conclusion as to ought to go next. That's what Manfred said. Well, the thing is, Manfred, you didn't give the players, if you said that this was your best and final offer before we cancel games, you did not give them an opportunity to give you a counterproposal to that last dumb offer, by the way. It was dumb. You didn't give them a chance to make a counterproposal before the five o'clock deadline. So yeah, the players have to go next, but you didn't give them a chance to go next before this deadline. So that makes no sense. Just, it's like, it's like he wasn't prepared for this and he should have been based on all the time they freaking wasted. The con- Oh my God. Don't pull this dang quote, Rob. The concern quote, the concerns of our fans are at the very top of our consideration list. Really? No, they're not. Because if you if they were, you would have thought about those fans that took off opening day because it's a national holiday to them. You would have thought about all those season ticket holders. You would have thought about even the Rangers fans, right, that got Corey Seager and Marcus Simmons for the lockout. How about the Mets fans who got Max Scherzer and were so excited? How about the Padre fans who seemed, you know, and Corey – at least my view and other Padres fans, we were excited. You know, we're getting Tatis back. We got Bob Melvin, an experienced manager in there, good coaching staff. You know, we have Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, Jake Cronenworth. We were excited, and you took it away from us, at least temporarily, and games canceled that we're never going to get back. Yep, cancel games will not be made up. Players will not be paid, Manfred says. Well, you better not be freaking paid. How's that, Rob Manfred? I'm going to tweet that right now. You better not be paid either, Rob. Yeah, Rob just lying straight to the faces of us. Straight to our faces. So there's the news. I'm glad I was here to rant and then perfect timing at the end. The news comes down from Rob Manfred. First two series of the season have been canceled. That is the Giants and the Rockies for the Padres. We'll see where it goes. Next time they talk, who knows? Before we get out of here, by the way, I do want to talk. This episode was sponsored by Gaglione Brothers. They are at Petco Park down the third baseline and third deck as well. During Padre games, whenever that comes, they're located in Point Loma. They're located in Sports Arena as well. Amazing garlic fries, amazing cheesesteak. Love having them. 
before games, watching batting practice before games, watching the grounds crew do their thing, watching the pitchers, players warm up. Um, this is a great lunch or dinner idea while this lockout's happening. Like I mentioned, though they have that Point Loma and Sports Arena, those two locations. You can visit gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu, view their entire or view, go get the phone numbers and contact them if you have any questions, want to place an order. I'm a huge fan of their cheesesteaks, like I mentioned, with Cheese Whiz. Their garlic fries are amazing. They're my one of my staple pregame meals at Peco Park when we're able to go and when there they're are Padres games. So thank you to Gaglione Bros for sponsoring this episode. They're our newest our first and newest sponsor. That's the episode. Hope you enjoyed my rant. I mean, I didn't enjoy it because I'm pissed off that the season's not going to start on time and that the owners didn't actually try to get a deal done, genuinely try, and that Rob Manfred literally just lied to our faces, saying that he cares most about the owners, or most about, he does care most about the owners, by the way. Um, but I mean, he said, he just lied, saying that he cares about the fans a lot, and he's at the top, we're, we're at the top of his consideration list. No, we're not, or else you would have tried harder, buddy. Um, Major League Baseball, before we get out of here, plans to regroup and determine their next action. Blah, 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 blah. They didn't want the season to start on time. They truly didn't care. And baseball fans, they will lose fans, I guarantee you. They're not going to lose me. I'm a diehard fan, season ticket holder, if my family is. San Diego is a baseball town. Probably not going to lose a whole lot of San Diego fans, but that's where we stand. Episode 115, Talking Fires podcast. Stay tuned for Wednesday's episode. I have a sports legend on the show to take our mind off of this lockout talk. So stay tuned. That episode, 100, episode 116, is coming out tomorrow morning um, at like 8 a.m. Eastern time. So 5 a.m., I believe, San Diego time. So stay tuned for that. A great interview there. My favorite episode I've done with an interview-wise. So we'll see uh, where these lockout negotiations go, and stay tuned for that. Ben Fadden signing off. Until next time, stay safe, and hopefully you're able to rant with me while watching this, listening to this. Thank you so much. Ben Fadden signing off. See ya.